0: Hello, hello. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the second episode of the Bless You Podcast. What's up, y'all? Connor, how you doing today?
1: Man, I'm doing so good. The Lord is just continuing to reveal His blessing, man. We're blessed people, so feeling good. How about you? How you doing? Amen to that. I'm doing great.
0: Pumped to be back in the studio. Um, It's a beautiful day up here in Wenatchee. Yeah. We're getting some summer heat when we're recording this. Hey. This room is air-conditioned, which is nice. We're about to hit some triple digits. Praise the Lord for air-conditioning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, Absolutely. do we have an episode for you guys? Um, today, we're going to be talking about the gospel. This is our first um, teaching episode of the podcast, and we're, we couldn't be more excited. This is the most incredible conversation we're about to have. So, strap in, everyone get ready. Um, and we're going to start off with a question, Connor? When you hear the word gospel, what comes to mind? Because I know it's a loaded term. If you've grown up in the church, you've heard this word a lot. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Present
1: day understanding of gospel or what I believed it to be growing up? Let's do it. both. Let's start with what did you think about it growing up? Okay. So growing up, I think I think it fit pretty commonly with what the Christian community would say the gospel is, right? Like, It's centered 100% around Jesus. Like, I have this attachment in my head. Uh When I hear the word gospel, I immediately think of the gospels in the New Testament, which is the full story of Jesus and all of his miracles and his healing hand and the redemption that comes place, dying on the cross, resurrecting, and then ultimately instructing us as disciples to go out and make more disciples. And I really believe that that is kind of... Growing up, what I latched onto is the full gospel story, gospel message. Like when I heard the word gospel for the longest time in my life, that is 100% what it was. That's all I thought of. Yeah. Did you grow up a Christian? I grew up a Christian. Yep. Grew up in a Christian home, always involved in the church. Uh, parents awesome. were heavily involved with the board and
0: all that stuff growing up. so. So you heard the word growing up a lot. I did too. I grew up in the church really grateful for that part of my life. Um, and I feel like when I heard the word, the gospel, I, it, I mean, it gets thrown around a lot and I think it starts to lose its meaning a little bit. And I, it's kind of started to become more of like a, you know, like Jesus, like he died on the cross for your sins, which praise the Lord. That's true. Yeah. But I think it lost for me a lot of the substance behind like the significance of what happened. and, god becoming man and you know i mean there's so much to it there's so
1: so many layers of the onion to unpack right Mm. like that's kind of what you get when you get a uh, a limitless god a god that is you know in his sense all sufficient self-sufficient right yeah he is the beginning isn't that
0: crazy to think about you know when you think about god and jesus it it just it's mind-boggling yeah it's mind boggling. Um I also appreciate that you almost went for the Shrek reference. <laughs> the, <laughs> the onion. onion. <laughs> the is like yeah. an onion. Yeah, absolutely. It's like an ogre. <laughs> Ogres are like onions. There we go. They're smelly? No. They have many layers. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Pop culture. It's our thing. Come on now. Um, okay. That was um past like growing up understanding. But what do you like when you hear the gospel now, like, what do you think? Yeah, I think it fully
1: from our understanding allows us to continually see who God is in his oneness mm-hmm. in the story of humanity uh, the creation of all of that and ultimately what we're called into like Amen. and that's an eternal thing that is not like the whole yolo thing like i get it i love it it's fun to say it's fun to yeah. throw around right but like reality is we're living in the everlasting right now because yeah. when we take our last breath here, as we put our faith in Jesus, like, the story goes on. Yeah. Like, Praise the Lord. Yeah, right? So I think when we think of the gospel, it's not just this timeline of of humanity. Like, I think of Genesis 1-1, where it says, the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like, that part beginning is the beginning for humanity. It's not the beginning for God, because God is the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah. God's been here. Right? Like... We're the ones that are new to the scene. Yeah, you know, so when
1: I think of the gospel now, it it totally uh, it totally encompasses the ministry of Jesus and him dying on the cross, resurrecting for our sins, but it goes far beyond that, right? It goes into the prophecies. It goes into why the law was established. It goes into the garden. And then beyond that, it's like, yeah, Jesus resurrected, He's coming back someday, but what are we called into in that? and yeah. why?
0: Absolutely. So, Connor, you already started to unpack so much stuff, and that's we're going to go through a lot of what you're talking about today. Yeah. And if we can take anything away from what you're saying, it's that the gospel is a really meaty word, (laughs) and it actually has so much substance to it, and there's a lot to unpack. So for all of our listeners, I'm going to give us an overarching statement of what the gospel is. If we could summarize the gospel, we would say that the gospel is the good news of God restoring all things in the world through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? (laughs) That is so
1: good. It's so good. So, like, tell me a little bit more about that, right? Like, we're going to unpack that through this episode, Stuart. But, like, tell me a little bit more of as the Lord was really putting that on your heart and as he's revealed more about his story to you and, and you fitting into that and the fullness of God, the oneness of God, but, like, Talk to me a little bit more about that. Like the meaning of that. Let's let's start with the word gospel. Like what
0: yeah. what is that? No, let's get into it. The gospel as you were saying earlier is by no means a new thing. This has been something that's been in the works for a while yeah. and um the gospel is something that's all over the New Testament. Um it's the name of the four books that tell the story of the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. Matthew, right. Mark, Luke and John. Love those. Um And the Greek word for the gospel is euangelion. And if anyone's (laughs) listening that is way smarter than I am, I am so sorry in advance. (laughs) I am an amateur scholar and just trying, we're both trying our best over here. So (laughs) I think you're more than an amateur
1: of uh, of being a scholar, but that's really kind. Like, yeah, say that word again for me:
0: Um, euangelion.
1: Euangelion.
0: It's a good one. It's a so mouthful. that's the that's the yeah absolutely. It's the Greek word for the good news, and even "euangelion" came from another word. There's more history to it, and this is where I really need forgiveness. It's the Hebrew word "bissur," and if I butchered that, I apologize. But I think I just learned this the other day. This has the coolest context to it in the Old Testament. So like, ancient Israel times, "bissur" was the good news of a new king. So. Like, for example, like King David and King Solomon were some of like the most well-known kings in the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, The Bissar would be the good news of their coronation. Like a new king is crowned and um, it is their reign. And if you knew King David, he followed the Lord. He loved the Lord. He made his mistakes, but it was certainly good news that he was king. Totally. And as he commissioned Solomon, same thing. Yeah, right like definitely bisser bisser good wow. news amazing and then we take it into the new testament and this is where it gets really cool because the word doesn't die and it becomes greek so euangelion again the greek word for good news is the announcement of jesus as the new king for all of time through his death and resurrection he was crowned the king of the world yeah um and that is the best news that is the gospel right amen
1: Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I think when Jesus comes in the Gospels, right, and we see that depicted and then we see the follow-up of that in, in Acts, right, yeah. and then we see Paul's writings in Romans and then the epistles, right, like um, it's just so impactful. Like it yeah. literally is life-transforming to, to think of God coming as man. Like crazy. Crazy. Like, there is so much to that, that when we really try to wrap our minds around it, it it really is impossible to wrap our minds around, because we can never take the understanding of what it's like to be God. No, never. But when we think of this infinite, outside of time, outside of space, created it all, breathed stars out, breathes life into the bones, right? Like, yeah. created everything, and we're just like, have you ever, you, do you know Louis Giglio? Yeah. So Louis Giglio years ago, probably a decade ago, did this Im- illustration of the stars that have been discovered in the universe and how big they are relative to the size of Earth. Yeah. And he uses Earth as this little tiny golf ball, and he starts to you know level up in the stars and tells us how many golf balls could fit into those stars, right? right? And and his whole point in it is like. The biggest star that we discovered at that time was called Canis Majoris, and Uh we could fit like 14.6 trillion Earths. The comparison of that would be uh, you could fill up the state of Texas two feet deep with golf balls. That's how many Earths you could fit inside of Canis Majoris. And then he goes on to say, and God breathed that out. So when you think wow. of a God that massive, yet this loving to love something so intimately inside of us, yeah. to send himself yeah. in, as his one and only son, embodied in a human flesh, yeah. to die for all the sins of the world, past, present, future, yeah. to give us restoration with
0: him in relationship evermore. Like It's crazy. Wh- like Who are we as people? that the God of all creation would pay attention to us and not even just pay attention, but love us. So we're getting into a lot of good story. So Connor, could you take us back? Like where does, where does this whole gospel story start with? Totally. So obviously
1: we're, we're familiar. If you're not familiar, book of Genesis is the first book in the Bible, right? Mentioned it earlier. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He goes Mm -hmm. through a seven-day process of creating, right? Seventh day, he rests. On the sixth day, he creates humans. He looks at them. That's the only thing out of his creations that he looks at, and he says, very good, which shows us that right as he's creating us, before he actually creates humans, he says, let us create mankind, humankind, in our image, in our likeness that shows the ability to have relationship that shows why we were created it shows that he was doing it so that we could experience his love and therefore expand his love with others but we get into this part where he creates us we're in the garden it's like this perfect setting the only thing that um god like when god creates humans uh we can we can see that god creates us with this this ability to have a conscience yeah. right because he gives us this hey here's the garden you can have everything from it everything from here is yours mm-hmm. except do not touch from this tree yeah. the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right so there's this factor of disobedience that takes place. Humans end up taking from it. Sin is entered into our reality where we can see it. We experience it. Yeah. It detaches us from God in that sense. We, uh, God closes off the Garden of Eden. Therefore, like humans now are inside of sin and brokenness. We experience that pain, that yeah. suffering. Then it goes on to uh, God ends up giving us the law to which Mm -hmm. we are to live under. He gives us the Ten Commandments and shows us how to live with righteousness and holiness inside of that. Time and time again, the people of of humanity start to break the law, start to fall back into idolatry, start to fall back into sin, ultimately leading towards death. Uh, God, time and time again, relieves them of that slavery, of that idolatry, Uh, but we see God's judgment coming down on it at that time because they are not sacrificing things to them and doing burnt offerings to restore that relationship. God sends prophets to give prophecies about what is to come, a.k.a. Jesus. Crazy. Uh, Right? Like, so nuts. Then we get to the point where Jesus comes, he does his ministry, he dies on the cross, goes into the grave, resurrects, and, and shows us how we're called to live, and then sends the Advocate, the Spirit, mm. to guide us and lead us until the day that He comes back. And so that's kind of the overarching yeah. synopsis of God, creation, the fall, letters of wisdom and prophecy, uh, Jesus coming, fulfilling the Old Testament covenant of the law, And then what we're called into and what that looks like
0: everlasting. Um, Can we just take a second to say, Connor, you absolutely crushed that. (laughs) That was awesome. Oh, my goodness. Um, You covered thousands of years of history um, in some very nice sentences. Yeah. So well done. That was incredible. Yeah. This is like, I would say the gospel is the greatest story of all time because, I mean, it's it's got everything you could want. And the crazy part is that it's real. Like there's, there's forgiveness, there's betrayal, there's restoration, there's sacrifice. Like this is the greatest story ever told. And this is the story that God is writing about you and I and everyone listening. Um, And it's it's still happening
1: today. Like, yeah, that's a crazy
0: thing. Like we can read history books.
1: I think one of the biggest things that changed, like just absolutely blew my mind and transformed my mind was the fact of Jesus resurrecting, like, that does not make the Bible a history book. Right. Like, that Same that way. changes the Bible's status when it comes side-by-side side with any other book that has ever been written, is those are historical things that you read about to understand what that time was like, yet Jesus resurrected, that's a living, breathing word of God. And right. it's still happening today.
0: Yeah. Like, What? No, it's wild. And, you know, sometimes I think, it's, I think it's healthy for the Christian to stop and think about, okay, what do I believe? Like, it is wild that there was actually a person named Jesus who died and then three days later was alive again. Like, if I, we should just take a second to sit and, like, how crazy that is. Yeah. But how, like, beautiful it is. And because- I, love, I love what Andy Stanley says with that where he's like, hey, if some
1: guy predicts his death and resurrection – and yeah. he does it, yeah. I'm
0: just going to follow that guy. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus did that. Like, Jesus is the real deal, everyone. Jesus, um, he offers life, not judgment. Uh, he offers love and forgiveness. And he's a holy God. Absolutely. But he loves you dearly. Yeah. So, Stuart, let's, like, let's jump
1: in a little bit to when we look at the Gospels, there's this part of prophecy, Mm-hmm. Right, that takes place. There's this part of like God sends His word, almost foreshadowing. Right, if we're yeah. getting if we're getting into literature, right, like <laughs> foreshadows what is going to take place. Yeah. We see this time and time again throughout the Old Testament, yeah. and then we see it uh, come to fruition with Jesus, yeah. and then Jesus tells us He's going to come back someday, and we're waiting for that. Right. Right, So like, let's just kick it off really quickly. Let, let's talk and teach a little bit about what prophecies yeah. are important. I mean, they're all important, but like, tell me some of your favorite prophecies that take place.
0: Yeah, there are so many of them. There are <laughs> multitudes of them in the if Old Testament. you had to narrow it down. If I had to narrow it down, my favorite prophecy um, comes from, it's, the reference is Genesis 3.15. And the context here is humanity's in the garden, as Connor was telling us about earlier. God made this perfect world. Um, and then humans chose to sin. And really quickly, I would say that sin, um, it's kind of this, like kind of one of those words, like the gospel that kind of can lose its meaning, but a way, a definition I heard of it, which was really helpful for me was it's, it's humans choosing to trust their own goodness instead of God's. And that was a game changer for me. Say that again
1: for our audience
0: Uh. and for, and for me, that was incredible. Thank you. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> someone else. This is someone else's wisdom, but what I learned is that sin is humanity choosing to trust their own goodness instead of God's. Cuz that's what sin is. It's not not checking a box in like commandments. It's not um it's not anything like legalistic. I mean it is, but it what more so it is is it's us disobeying God's goodness, right? Which is crazy, but Sorry, that's a whole side tangent. We could talk for hours about that. (laughs) Really, truly could. But what I want to go into is that humanity disobeyed God. They thought it would be a better idea to um, try their own way and eat the fruit um, than trust what God told them. And right after that, you know, of course, God being all-knowing and all-powerful, he comes up to them and he says, like, like, what happened? And the people, Adam and Eve, tried to hide it. Um, and God, being merciful, had to send them out of the garden. But one of the things he told them before they left was um, that there will be a man born of Eve, so a son of the woman will come to earth, and he'll step on the head of the serpent, and in turn the serpent will bite his heel. I mean, like, this is Jesus on the sixth page of the Bible. Like, Come on now, this is so hype. Yeah. And just the fact that, like, from our first mistake and our first stumble, that God is already planning to restore all things and all people is just the biggest, like, source of hope that I could ever ask totally. for. Totally. And, Stuart, I love what you said there about, like, you know, we were kind of joking about a
1: little bit. I mean, not in a. In a malicious way, but like, come on, this is Jesus on the sixth page of the Bible, right? Yeah. Like, and I find so often, especially working with students, you know, growing yeah. up for me as well, thinking that it was separate, right? You have these separate, almost yeah. kind of like if you were to think of literature, it's these different acts of the Bible, yeah, right? Like, and and yes, this plays a role in what happens at the end, but they're separate, right? Like, you get the little kid with the cue card running out, yeah. and he's going, Act three. Right, And and it's almost like growing up, a lot of people think that that the Old Testament is so detached from the New Testament, and we don't see Jesus in the Old Testament at all. But yet, as you're reading this, this is a prophetic word that completely depicts who Jesus is, what is going to come, and the fullness of who He is as God. Amen. Right? like, And that is just, you know, sometimes, and that's the thing that's... Uh, frustrating and beautiful about the Bible, is (laughs) there are these moments where sometimes you got to do a little bit more research. You got to do a little bit more reading of people who have gone and done this research from yeah. thousands of years prior, right? Yeah. And they've done they've done these studies, and they've read, and, and time and time again we've seen Jesus reveal things about who He is, right? And sometimes it doesn't say Jesus's name right all over it on a right. label on this part of the Bible, but man, when we understand who Jesus is, what came to fruition, what was fulfilled when he entered earth and then died and resurrected. Like you can go back and you can read this and you can say, whoa, that's absolutely Jesus. Absolutely. And I think that changes the way that we read the Bible when we see, like when we look at the word gospel. Right. It's the whole thing.
0: It's the whole thing. And you know, the more that you read scripture and the more that you study God's word, um, the more you realize that Jesus is all over it and that it's all interconnected and the new testament and the old testament are not like there's no partition between them right but in fact it is so intertwined and that's how it was written yep um god is the divine author of it again this is another side conversation that we could really go all into and we could talk about this for hours yep but yeah thank you for bringing that up connor that's a great point so what other prophecies um yeah, totally. There's one from Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 4 through 5, if you want the reference. Um, Isaiah was this, um, he was what was called a prophet in the Old Testament Israel times. And they, the prophets were these people that would receive a word from God. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of, sometimes they were viewed as like outcasts or crazy. People sometimes would try and kill him, which yeah, is totally. wild. <laughs> like <laughs> Do you imagine that? You get a
1: word from the Lord. And you're like, you walk to the nation, and they, they yeah. try to murder you over it.
0: Yeah, imagine that. And you're
1: yeah. like, hey guys, this is gonna help all of us out if we just listen. Yeah,
0: please stop trying <laughs> to kill me. But this guy Isaiah said, um, "Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions." I just took some. I just said some meaty words. Um, don't, don't be scared by them. Um, this is just this person that lived B.C. hundreds of years before Jesus talking specifically about what he would do. Jesus, when he lived, he, he did bear um, the punishment for our disobedience. He, he did, thankfully, like, thank you, Jesus. Um, he was afflicted. He did suffer. And he was pierced for our transgressions. And this was said hundreds of years before the fact. It's wild to me.
1: It's so beautiful. Absolutely. It's crazy to think about, you know, and I feel like sometimes when we read the Bible, you know, like depending on what your stance is with prophecy, right? We're not here to, you know, necessarily nitpick that and, and whatnot, but you cannot deny the fact that there is prophecy taking place in the Bible here. And I think sometimes we in present day culture, as we're reading the Bible, You know, we get so detached from the custom of that time. We get so detached of what they were living in in this time and what was being said and taking place. Like, they didn't have the Bible to come in reference to, to say, oh, well, let me see what actually takes place later on in this story. This is all word of mouth. This is all things that only certain people were able to write about, right? That they were accredited in their writing or in their position and so yeah. you're getting these people that are writing this but like let's just take a second inside of this prophecy like could you imagine what it would be like to hear this word like years and years and years centuries of cycles of slavery right right like and you are are quote unquote god's chosen people yeah it and doesn't yet, make any sense right and yet this stuff keeps taking place and then you know, this is something that we're accustomed to in our culture, right? And we fall into, and it's, you know, it's humanity at its finest, right? But it's consumerism. It's yeah. consumerism inside of this gospel, right? They fall into, like, God delivers them. They fall into slavery and sin and, and uh, being unrighteous. Yeah. God shows his sovereignty. God shows uh, in this time who he is as judge, Right? The supreme. And then he delivers them. Yeah. He paves a way for them to get out of that, to go experience what it's like to be in freedom. Yeah. And like their whole idea of who a Messiah was is completely different from who we know the Messiah as today.
0: Right. They were expecting this like warrior king um, to come free them from like the Roman oppression which could have been great, but God had clearly a better idea. So if you're taking anything away from what we're saying right now, the point of this all is to show that the gospel is a story that's been written from the beginning in the garden. Um, There's a middle point. There's prophecies. People are foretelling it. The Israelites are getting excited about it. Yeah. And then it came to fruition through this man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God himself on earth, like, Dang, this gets me hyped. Yes, yes.
1: Let's talk about Jesus' purpose on earth.
0: Yeah, Connor,
1: how about you take that away? Right, so we have, we have 100% God, 100% man. That already is something we can't understand. Right. Right, Like, and we have to get to this point through faith and saying it's okay, we don't understand that. Totally. Right? It's fun it's, to think about. It's fun to think about. It's fun to have debates. Uh-huh. Right, but I think the faster we get to a point where we're okay not understanding that, the faster we preserve the mystery of God, and and that gives him glory. Yeah. Right? So, like, Jesus' purpose for coming, right, was to fulfill the Old Testament law. And and here's the thing. A lot of people look at that, and they say uh, that it was to erase the Old Testament covenant. Right. Right? Like... It's worthless. It's meaningless. It's actually played a huge role into yeah. who
0: Jesus is. Massive. It's not worthless. It's
1: part of the gospel.
0: It is. It's a part of a redeeming story. Right. And um, something Connor said earlier is that the law was designed and given to the Israelites so that they could know how to be holy. They could know how to follow God. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus was the fulfillment of that. Yes. And he summarized everything in two commandments. Um, there was the greatest commandment, which to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. The whole law, the whole of the, the sacrifices, and the trimming your beard, and not marking your <laughs> bodies, you know, all these things, yeah. like the Ten Commandments, could all be summed up in how can we love God with everything we have, and how can we love those around us. Yeah, amen to that. And I think, too, a lot of
1: times we have this thought of, <clears throat> excuse me, of who Jesus is and what we are not supposed to do based off of his teaching. Right. Ultimately, it's really what we're called into, Yeah. which is holiness. And here's another thought. I want to hear what you think about this. Uh, I have a very dear friend of mine who is very, very highly regarded in the Christian community, and I think the world of this person, mm-hmm. and they are—I mean, like—they do their best every day to follow Jesus and to to dive in deeper to yeah. the things He has for them. He's done a lot of studying and has a lot of years in full-time ministry. Uh, his whole idea—and it's not even his idea, obviously—but like his whole belief as to why God created humanity was to be in close proximity with them. Mm. And I believe that. I believe that. When we look at the gospel message, right, like God, like it says that Adam and Eve walked in the coolness of the garden with God. Wow. Amazing. Right? I wish I could have been there. (laughs) I wish I could have been there. Right? Like that's close proximity. That's relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On all fronts, mind, soul, heart, and strength. Yep. And then there's this detachment. Right. There's this there's this uh banning out of the Garden of Eden, this closing off of it.
0: Thanks, sin. <laughs> yeah,
1: just forget you, sin. But then, you know, there's the law that's established to help us be in close proximity with God. Yeah. But then what I what I really see of this is I really see it with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. He comes to earth, he's in close like Obviously, God is, is omnipotent. He's omniscient, right? Like, he's always there. He's everywhere. He's all-knowing, right? Um, he's all-powerful. But he comes as man right. to earth physically yeah, in close proximity. Like, to think of, of Jesus coming to earth to save the world as a ransom, to forgive them of their sins, yeah. to ultimately bring them close to proximity with yeah. him forevermore, like restoring and redeeming that relationship. But yet he called people to journey with him.
0: Yeah. It's like the Bible started with intimacy and closeness, and then we lost that because we're people, and we can be the worst sometimes, often. Uh, <laughs> more, more than often. <laughs> more often than often. <laughs> you're just, Yeah, you're just being nice. Right. But Jesus in the incarnation, God becoming man, was a part of that restoration and Jesus bringing back that intimacy and being close to us. He had a circle of like friends. Yeah. Like imagine being friends with God. Hello. Like that's wild. Yeah. Um, Crazy. And Jesus coming back to earth um, was that restoration. And you know, everything hinges on the cross and the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Christ. Amen to that. That is the pivot point in history for our souls, past, present, future. Because Jesus lived a perfect life. Uh, a verse in Romans says, for the wages of sin is death. So for those who sin, they deserve death. Um, and Jesus lived a perfect life without sin, without disobedience, perfectly living with God. And the people around him condemned him to death undeservingly. And he took that. He, I, Jesus was perfect. And he perfectly modeled submission and Jesus knew what would happen so he he walked up a hill people flogged him they spat on him and he walked up and he died on a cross willingly even though he didn't have to right he was without sin right he died on a cross willingly yeah and because he had no sin death had no judicial hold on him amen like if he if Jesus went to hell and someone pulled up his records this is this is not Canon, by the way. I just want to say that. Like, if someone pulled up Jesus' record, they'd be like, oh, you have nothing on this. Why are you here? That's like, I imagine that's what they would say. Yeah, totally. And because of that, and because of the power of God within him, and um, because he is God, he was raised from the dead, which is amazing. Right. And this is, and because of that, and because Jesus is so loving, he offers us to walk in this power with him. Right. He offers us the Holy Spirit. Could you tell us more about that? And I think.
1: yeah and and I think that that is kind of that uh when we look at the gospel yeah and really unpacking this word like this Christianese word of oh, the gospel, we've got to go out and preach the gospel and and thank you for for preaching the gospel wholeheartedly <laughs> right like when we think of this like this is this is kind of that part that is really in the midst of our realities right now physically, yeah right like when we see Jesus, and one of my favorite passages is the Great Commission in, in Matthew 28, uh-huh. what I love seeing inside of that is, yes, there is, like, everything, everything, like, I feel like when we read Matthew 28, verses mm-hmm. 16 through 20, the Great Commission, like, I think that we really can can have a great understanding and glimpse of who Jesus is, uh-huh. of what relationship looks like, and what we're called into. Amen. And, what, and also, what we were designed for. Yeah. Here's a crazy thought. When we look at the Great Commission, Jesus tells his disciples to meet him up on the mountaintop, hmm. which means they did not journey up it together. Right. Jesus was on the mountaintop, it said, when they got to the top of the mountain, which means yeah. the first thing we see inside of holiness in a walk with Jesus is obedience. That's a word we shudder at in the Christian community,
0: just in the world, right? Yeah, totally.
1: like that don't say obedience, it's a fun killer, but like obedience to Jesus like that's the that really is the first step of seeing what a life of the gospel message is like, yeah, God said, "Don't touch from the tree, we touch from the tree, disobedience, yeah, Jesus tells us to go up the mountain, meet him up the mountain, yeah. So they see him. It says before they like before they even had interaction with Jesus, and he told them what they were going to do with the Great Commission as he was leaving them. It said that when they saw him, they worshipped him. Mm-hmm. We have worship to God and reverence to God in our DNA. Yeah, that's what we were created for. Yeah, right. And then Jesus gives them the Great Commission. Yes. Overlooking, they're on a mountaintop, overlooking this region. Yeah. And essentially, it's like, hey, here's the gospel message. Here is what you are called to do. Therefore, go. Mm-hmm. The gospel is action. Yes. Like, putting your faith in Jesus is action. Belief in Jesus and what he did on the cross is action. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and it's not just like, hey, I need to go to a third world country being in America. I need to go to a third world country and build homes. It's both and. Yeah. It's yes, that needs to take place, and we need to... Preach the good news and show people this full embodiment of what gospel is. Yeah. But then also, like, Jesus didn't say, hey, like, go back to this region over here and start the gospel message there. Jesus yeah. says, therefore, go, aka, when you get down to the base of this mountain, start.
0: Yeah. You better get started. <laughs> you <laughs> have a lot of work to do.
1: And so I think that we live inside of that action today. Yeah. That's, that's, that's this part of the gospel that I think a lot of us attach our minds onto is like, you know Matthew 28 therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing yeah. them in the name of Father Son Holy Spirit teaching them to obey all the commands therefore I'm with you till the very end right like Bars. Yeah, but like but then there's this part where it's like yeah but like all of the stuff that took place up until then we need to we need to hold dear to our heart yeah because it brings the meat it brings the fruition and the meaning, and, and really we get caught up in the what and the why, right? But it brings the why to me going down that mountain and preaching the, the good news.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad you said all that because personally, I, I love studying. I love academics, and it's really easy for me to get theological ideas like caught up in my head and be like, this is just something I can understand and know, but there really is an action step to this. Yeah, The action step is the going. Thank you for saying that. And the best part is is that we don't have to do it alone. One, we have other humans, other fellow believers. But two, the the Bible says that for those who believe in Jesus and his death and resurrection will receive the Holy Spirit, which is God in us. And that is all the power we could need. Praise the Lord. God in us, going forth with his power, proclaiming his glory. And that's something um, that we... Get to do as Christians. It was, we get to partner in God's mission, partner in his restoration, which means healing from physical illnesses, from mental illnesses, you know, like all of these things. Like yeah. God is doing a present work in restoring things right now. Yeah. But the part of the story as we begin to wrap up um, that is still to come is showing to us in this book called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. The so Revelation. Exciting. It gets me amped. Let's go. The last chapter of the Bible is talking about you know what's going to happen when Jesus comes back and restores everything it's Jesus restoring Eden restoring his perfect creation making everything in his world back to the way it used to be back to that perfect goodness and um it also speaks about a hell and we can there are a tons of, there are tons of ideas about what hell is what it looks like um what it means to be in hell but It's just a place where people who don't want to believe in Jesus can be. And God mercifully allows that place to exist. Eternal separation. Eternal separation. If that's what you desire, that is what you can get. And there is a lot that goes into that conversation. And I apologize that we don't have time to unpack all of that. Um, But heaven is this amazing thing that is coming. And that is the good news. Yeah. Um, And, you know, a lot of our lot of our information for today connor and i are big fans of the bible project and if you guys are wondering like Whoop. like where do i go from here like how do i learn more the bible project is a youtube channel that has amazing amazing videos they on it
1: so good
0: yeah. so good
1: and what i love about the bible project too is these dudes are next level theo- theologically smart oh for like sure. next level right like and we'll, we'll humbly deny that, but, like, they, like, next level. I'm just going to leave it there with that. But yeah. what I love, they are so good at teaching. Like, I can walk away having the most conflict ever of complex thought of yeah. something theologically, and they just depict it in this super simple form, but it's never watering down. no. Who Jesus yeah. is, or what the full gospel message is, or what the this writing is about—they they don't water it down, and I think that that's what we fall prey to sometimes, and that's why yeah. I really love the Bible Project, is because they just give all of it. But it's like you don't ha- like you could have never picked up a Bible before, and you're you could walk away from the overview of Mark, the book of Mark that they do, and you're like, okay, I I understand a whole lot more. I get it. Yeah,
0: I'm beginning to get it. I'm yeah. like understanding absolutely. Like it's crazy that these videos are free. Like yeah. these videos are slept on. Like they people should be watching them. They're Dude, amazing. For real. <laughs> I love them. It is a gift. Um would recommend to go check out Tim Mackey's Bible project videos on YouTube. Um so in summary, our overarching statement, I'll bring it back to there. The gospel is the good news of God restoring all things in the world through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Friends, This is news that will bless you. This is news that has blessed us. Um, Well, thanks for joining us in this episode. Yeah. Episode two. We're just blessed to be here. We love you guys. Love you all so much. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.